Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining, and tonight I am joined by Jeremy Dunn. Mr. Jeremy, how are you? You know what, Mr. Jeremy's okay. He's a little tired, and, and I'll tell you why. I was woken up out of a deep sleep at 2.30 this morning from four gunshots, this pow, 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 pow. And it turns out, it, it, and I went asking, you know, neighbors, I'm like, did you hear the gunshots, you know, like in the middle of the night? And they're looking at me and saying, no, of course we didn't. So I'm thinking that I imagined this, that I um, was hallucinating or something, or that you know that it was all in my head. But uh, awesome. no, as it as it turns out, two dead in University City shooting, and I wow. scoured the internet today, and it was um, it was an overnight shooting that killed two men, and. The, the, you, I see the apartments and everything, and they're right over on the other side of the country from us. And that's why they sounded like they were right in our backyard. Wow. I mean, it was awful. I heard all four of those. So, so yeah. Yeah. So I'm tired. So is that, clo- is that close to you? or? Um, the, yeah, it was that close. It sounded like, those, like the gunshots were coming from, from my, right outside my window. Wow. Yeah, it scared me to death. Mark slept through the whole thing. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I'm a, like, I can sleep through everything. Yeah, I'm no, one of those I, kind of I, people. When I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, no, I, uh, yeah, no. No, it scared me to death. And then, so, uh, because I was, wait, you know, woke up with that, every little sound woke me up. The air conditioner kicking on it rattled the door. I'm like, what's that? What's that? It, it, it's just not fun. Not fun at all. <laughs> so other than that, I want to say happy Mother's Day to everybody who is a mother who's listening. Because um, today is Mother's Day. Um, I took my mom out for Mother's Day last night for dinner. Uh, me and Joe took her out and his dad. It was really nice. Um, and then today we kind of got up early and I met my mom at a flea market. And we actually went, you know, flea marketing, me, her, and my two sisters and my niece. It was kind of cool, and my nephew. Um, and then today we went to my sister's and kind of had, like, a barbecue with my mom. Nice. So it, was, it was nice. Yeah, it was kind of nice that to do nice. the whole family thing, you know, because tomorrow mm-hmm. I leave for Florida. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. You do. I'm sorry, I was taking a drink of water. That's right, you do. Yep. I forgot about that. Yep, I come back Friday, but we're going away for my birthday, so it'll be fun. Nice. What are you going to do? Well, we're going to definitely go to Universal. We're staying there at some resort in Universal. And then um, we're going to do, like, a murder mystery. 
uh, dinner thing there. And then um, I'm not sure. There's some other things that we made during the Houston family that I have down there. It just kind of depends on the time frame. So our first vacation oh. in like three or four years that we, you know, are, are going to take together and alone. So I want to kind of enjoy it. Nice. That, I, I think that's great. You're, 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 yeah, it's so you just go and have fun. And yeah, I hope you know what? So. Because it's, it's because it's your birthday. You get the whole birthday week. Joe can't say a word about anything. Uh-huh. So if no, Joe's we'll listening, is, is Joe listening? Let me see. Let me see. Give him a chance. I, I know, he's no, he's not in there yet. Vacation. Yeah, he's tackling. We're doing all that last minute stuff. Yeah. So kick your kick your heels up and don't even worry about it, baby. It's yeah, your birthday. It's your birthday week. Week. <laughs> I love it. Week. You get a so, whole week. Actually, and if, you know, my birthday is actually next Sunday. We will have a show next Sunday, and we're going to be speaking with Mary Bowman. So I'm proud. I can't wait to have talk to her. <gasps> Mary yeah, Bowman. Yeah, that's next week. Yes. I love her. You yeah, know, she's it, fabulous. I mean, really. It, it's, she is absolutely amazing. I can't wait to have her here, too. I mean, just, that, that's thrilling. So. Thrilling. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm excited. I was like, of all the days, you're my birthday. I would love to have you come on. Absolutely, absolutely. So one that's of the great. things that yeah. um, go ahead. No, one of the things I just wanted to talk about was a hot topic that kind of uh, came up in the news was that a Burger King manager claims that he was fired for being HIV positive from um, some Burger Kings in Virginia. <laughs> and it hit the news. Um, what I'm looking at it is Latino voices on the Huffington Post. And uh, just to give a little brief, it says the 35-year-old, his last name is Pena, I'm probably saying it wrong, 35-year-old Pena found out he was positive in April of 2011 and wrestled with the decision over whether to tell his uh, supervisors, um, he said in an interview. He, re- he recently told his, he eventually told his one manager in June of 2011, so a couple months afterwards he was diagnosed and told the boss, um, because he felt that they should know in case of side effects due to his medication and in case he needed time off. And he was hoping to get support, and he did not find that. He said it was a very personal decision that he thought about before he did. Um, and he was looking for more guidance and support. And, you know, that was kind of why he came out to them. So he was, you know, fired for supposedly poor work performance, according to the lawsuit. Um, but it's just something that just broke, and it just kind of makes you sick that this is happening. Wow. In 2012, you know what I mean, that, you know what I mean? Because they're saying, like, they're saying that some of his tours weren't performing well, so, you know, that was what they used, but he was never written up before for this, um, for an issue that he ever had. He managed multiple stores, so it wasn't just one store. Um, and other managers who, I guess who, I guess he's like a district manager, so other district managers like him who had the same, you know, performance issues did not get treated the same way and were not reprimanded with being terminated. So this is kind of why the lawsuit was brought out. So it should be interesting. And as it unfolds, I'd like to read more about it because I think any kind of discrimination like this, you know what I mean, I think the business needs to be, you know, exposed. I think business is like this. Uh, well, absolutely. I mean, it's in, in quite an awful uh, – uh, <coughs> excuse me, I can't speak. It's just not going to work for me tonight. Additionally, HIV and AIDS – is a disability protected by the Americans with Disability Act. So right. that that's a that's huge. So it, and, and it and it 
it's just big. So, I, I, so that was a hot Burger topic that came. I'm sorry. Yeah, Burger King better pony up. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about it more as it unfolds more, and, and you know we'll keep an eye on the, the news. Um, but one yeah. of the things, another thing that kind of broke over the past week was that um, President Obama came out in support of gay marriage. Yes, he did. Which was the day of, after the day after yeah. North Carolina passed the Amendment One, a 69 to 31 percent margin. So for people who don't know that, what did that basically do for the people who were gay and? Well, and I will tell you. Here's what. Does it affect you? Oh, it, it absolutely does. Not only does it affect me, but it affects so many other people, not just gays and lesbians. So here's how the um, here's how the the uh, the amendment is written. North Carolina will not recognize any union that is not a marriage between a man and a woman. Now, what that means, actually, I think I'm paraphrasing, but basically they've excluded all civil unions, domestic partnerships. Um, this not only affects the gay, the gay population here in North Carolina, but it will also affect um, those single parents, uh, men and women who are living together and not married, who choose not to be married. So what they're saying is that, you know, everybody, you know, everybody else is is um, a second-class citizen. And that's messed it, up. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I personally do not think that it is going to. Um, I, I personally don't think that it's going to uh, uh, survive the court. The court battle that's going to be it, that started this past you know these past couple of weeks because uh, it's supposed to go into effect uh, January first, right? So it's, well, hopefully it's, all that'll turn out. Yeah, sure it will. That is kind of messed up that that happens in this country. But anyway, on a lighter note, we do have a fabulous guest joining us tonight. Um, she is the author of The Naked Truth, Marvel and Brown. Um, fabulous, fabulous woman. Please help me welcome. Marvelyn Brown to the show. Welcome, Marvelyn. Hi, how are you? <laughs> yeah. you know, Hi, Marvelyn. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have the giggles. <laughs> Yay, so this is going to be a fun show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I can't so How wait. have you been, sweetie? Well, that's okay. You have the giggles and I can't talk on a talk show. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, you get it together, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you, hon? I'm good. I, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm hanging in there. I cannot, you know, complain. I really can't. Well, that's, well, that's good. good. I was actually looking into the archives, and I realized that when we had you on the first time, it was all the way back in June of 2009. So it's been quite a yeah. while. <laughs> It's been a long time, and I'm glad you're still doing it, and it's growing, and it's thriving. I mean, I couldn't be more proud. Oh, nice. that's lovely. 
I just had somebody join my just somebody the other day joined the site and you know in the questions when they joined the, the network and they asked you know how did you hear about us and somebody actually put you know a couple of people have done this before the back of Marvel and Brown's book so I appreciate all that too. <laughs> yeah, I know people. It's 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 kind of like you know because I wrote the book really wanted to tell you know like my personal story and. You know, it's a story about love and all these different things. And then I was, some people think like I'm this HIV expert. (laughs) Sometimes I can't answer stuff. You know, but it's good that, you know, people are really using the resources that are in back of the book, you know, things that I can't give people or bring to people. So um, that's, that's interesting to hear. But, yeah. Wow. I think it is great. Um, I, I want to just, for people who may who may not know who you are, may not have heard your story or read the book, can you tell us a little bit about, like, um, in the beginning when you were diagnosed with HIV, kind of what led you up to go get tested and kind of how that was for you? Well, see, I never voluntarily went in to get an HIV test. It took me to be sick and on my deathbed with pneumonia, which wasn't related to HIV at all, to be tested for it. And um, that's when I found out. Um, so um, HIV was a complete, was like completely off the radar, you know, prior to me being diagnosed. I didn't care about HIV until the doctors told me I was HIV positive. Wow. Yeah, and this what? is why I was 19 years old. So, you know, it's like, ugh. you know, at least I got to spend my entire childhood negative, but as soon as I got an adult, boom. Yeah, yeah. So, so. So, so tell us about that. I mean, I'm not going to ask a lady her age. <laughs> it's okay. I'm but... 28. Oh, oh, okay. You're, oh, you're a I child. just had a birthday. I am a twenty, well, so birthday. I just had my birthday. And um, I'm birthday. 28, and I don't look it, so I'll say I'm 28. <laughs> <laughs> 28. So actually, this is this is your final birthday, really, because you get older. You always have that 28th birthday. Well, I mean, hey, I don't know. I, I, I still, I'm getting older. Like, you know, I'm not, I can't be categorized as youth. They always want to throw me in the youth category. I'm like, I'm grown. I'm not a youth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, yes, I was that's... done with that two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> that's fantastic. Fantastic. But, so, you, so it's been, what, nine years? Yes, nine yeah. years in July. Okay. What do you think prevented you from going and getting an HIV test earlier on? Because it just was it was something that couldn't happen to me. I did not think HIV was an issue of mine. It was just that simple. I mean, I'm 19 years old. I'm worried about college, what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. You know, as a teenager, you think you're supposed to be healthy, and, you know, you have no health concerns at that age. Um, so health yeah. was the last thing on my mind. Interesting. Interesting. And did you ever, did you always practice, well, you know, there was somewhere in there that you didn't practice safe for sex, right? Yeah, didn't use the condom. No, I mean, no, I, I did not because I'm young and I'm thinking that birth control was my prevention because pregnancy was the worst thing I had to worry about. 
I did know there mm-hmm. was STIs out there, but there were friends of mine who had those, and they went away with the shot or pill. They was never a big deal. You get them, you cure it. You know, I did not know truly about HIV. You call me ignorant, you call me whatever you want. I didn't know about it, and I didn't care about it. That's true because a lot of people are, are 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 taught that you know don't get pregnant, especially ladies, or don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. That's like the thing that they kind of the parents kind of, especially the fathers will like impound into your head, just don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. Right. So you know what I mean. That so, was my yeah. sex education. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That was it. And guess what? Never got pregnant. Must have worked, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> you listened. <laughs> That's funny. So when, That's when, funny. When, did you say that you were surrounded by your family when you were diagnosed, like because you were in the hospital? So did, were they in the know the whole time, or well, did you have to? When I was told I was HIV positive, I was in the room by myself. I was in the room by myself, and I'm too young to even grasp why I was told why I was by myself. You know, when I began telling people, I was unaware of the stigma. That surrounded the virus. I didn't know anybody with it. All I knew was I didn't want it. I didn't know that you act differently towards someone who had it, though. And so I, when the doctor told me I was by myself, when he left out of that room, he left me such in a daze because I was asking questions and he didn't want to answer them or he was really, you know, trying to answer them right. And I pick up on people's vibes and their everything, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Serious, you know, like I'm calling people, kind of wanting to tell me, oh, things will be all right, you know, you'll be fine, you know, whatever, whatever. And I got the, you know, completely opposite response. Did we lose her? Did I what? I thought we lost you. You faded. No, 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 no. I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> you know, part of you cut out. That's what you were saying, so. Oh, yes. Yeah, I get the worst reception in my house. It's weird. <laughs> so so tell us, after you, after, you know, you were diagnosed and you went through the motions of all that, what made you get involved in activism? What made you want to share your story publicly? You know, I, I I wasn't a person. Like, I received emails all the time. Oh, my God, I want to be famous. I want to tell my story. That was never my intention. Like, I never wanted to be doing what I'm doing. Um, it was really, I really feel like I was just accidental activist because of the people that I told. I was positive. I told five people on the day I was diagnosed, and those people told people, and those people told people. So it seemed like on the day I found out I was HIV positive, the rest of my community did too. So wow. it was a lot of stuff being said about me. And I was first approached to put my story in the newspaper, um, which is the statewide newspaper in Tennessee. It's called the Tennessee. I was approached to put my story in there. I was so opposed to it because I knew it was permanent because even though word was around, I was really trying to deny it. I just wanted my old life back. My life changed within 24 hours. One day I was negative and one day I was positive. One day I had friends, the next day I didn't. And so I wanted my old life back. And um, I didn't want to put my story in the paper. But were saying stuff. And what they were saying was so wrong. Like I was hearing I was losing weight and I was on the verge of dying. You know, doctors were telling me, oh, you, you're fine. You have this, you have that. And I'm like, 
So people really have a misunderstanding about the body. So I was really trying to clear things up, like letting them know, guess what? You can't be my friend, and uh, I still have HIV, and you don't get it. You know, it was me going in in, in putting my story in the paper kind of as a way to ease the people around me. Like, I'm thinking of going to paper. I'll go back to my life in Nashville, and things will be better because I'm going to educate these people. And, you know, I did it in a very selfish way. And um, from that newspaper article, really, honestly, and truly, it's my entire career. Wow. Yeah, man. Wow. You know, um, I mean, from there, that that's when, um, from that newspaper article, it just so happened that year the Ryan Wright Conference was in Nashville, Tennessee. And they were in Nashville um, preparing something for the conference, and they seen the newspaper article. They was like, who is this girl? we got to meet her. You know, they met, they, they met me, and they was like, we're giving you an award. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I just put my story in the paper. Like, what did I do that was so special? You know, I didn't I didn't know, and before I knew it, you know, I was at the conference, I got the award, and this person was there, and this person was there, and next thing I know, I was doing BEP. And I, I mean, it was really, really a fast situation. One that I didn't know how to be, you know, be in, and it, it's definitely something I had to learn over time, um, but it, it was not something that I wanted to do originally. Wow. Right. What did you want to do? What did you want to do when you grew up? I really did not know. I did not know because I was at 19-year-old taking the easy classes uh, in college, trying to get by, just trying to, you know, so I figured it all out, and then HIV came. Wow. I kind of felt like it was done with, you know, because I was never the golden child. You know, I wasn't my mother's favorite child. And so I always felt like a failure. And then when I contracted HIV, I was like, oh, you did it now. <laughs> you know, I'm just, you did it now. So, you know, I did not know what I was going to do. I didn't. And did they respond well? Um, did my family respond well? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Um, I mean, the response was different. Everyone treated me differently. And the reason why everyone treated me differently is because no one was educated by HIV. I can't say mm-hmm. it was one person around me who truly understood the virus. And so their actions towards me was not right. I didn't like it. However, I have to understand it because they didn't know. People are scared of what they don't know, and they don't know how to act when they don't know something. Um, and so mm-hmm. I experienced things based on lack of education. Right. You know, so, so you made that decision to start educating. Well, it wasn't a decision. Like, I just, like, seriously, just put my story in the paper. And when I put the story in the paper, I mean, the response that I was getting was really overwhelming. And I was like, am I actually good at something? This is, this is something I can actually do. And it really kind of involved that way, you know, because, like I said, I thought I was a failure. And all of a sudden, people are saying things about me that I had not, like, oh, you're my hero, you're my inspiration. And I'm like, man, <laughs> like, wow. what did I do? You know, <laughs> and, 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 and that really is what led me down the path of, of, of becoming an activist because, you know, people was, I, I was constantly asking people around me, and I had a mentor at the time, his name um, is Patrick Luther, he was around me. And I was constantly asking 
I would say even a month ago, I had to ask him the same question. I'm like, what is it about me? You have to, you know, keep reminding me because I don't know. I don't know really what's going on. I just know that what I'm doing is helping people and it's working. So I'm going to continue to walk down God's path because Lord knows I didn't choose this path. But since it's laid out for me, Lord, I'm going to walk and you're going to guide me. Um, and so it just, it, now it's definitely something that I like to do and I don't mind to do and, you know, things like that. But definitely in the beginning, it, it, it wasn't. And I would say it lasted that way for about two or three years that I just went along. That I just went along with it. You know, people were kind of, you know, on my ear, do this, do that. Do this and do that, and then you know things really started bothering me. I was like, you know what? I got this. I can do this on my own. Wow. Was 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 you winning? I'm sorry, Jeremy. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I was gonna ask, or I was just gonna say that that you just grew up so fast. Yeah. Had to. Yeah. 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 But you were saying? No, I was just gonna say that. Um, you know. In 2007, you won the Emmy Award. Um, do you think that is, is that kind of what pushed you to write the book? Because the book came out in 2008. Is that kind of something that kind of gave you, like, maybe I should go write a book? Well, uh, see, you have to realize, remember, I didn't I didn't expect any of this to happen. And when I say any, I mean the book, the Emmy, any of this. So the book, let me just clear it up really quick. I never went to anybody and said, I'm going to write a book. I actually received the award um, from Gloria, Gloria Steinem. She has an organization called Choice USA. And uh, she was giving me the Courage Under Fire Award. And I'm like, wow, Gloria Steinem, you know, I'm looking her up. And I'm like, wow, this woman's amazing. And, um, you know, but I'm like, oh, my God, I'm kind of poor. Like, I'm, I appreciate you giving me the award, but I can't afford to get to Washington, D.C. to get the award. This is probably 2006. From 2007, and um, I'm like, I, I, I can't. And she's like, I'm actually having that problem for other awardees. So what's going to happen is uh, we'll give you a train ride down and we're going to put you in a bed and breakfast. I said, what is a bed and breakfast? So, you know, like a, a room and three beds and you're sharing a bed. And you, I mean, you're sharing this room. So I'm sharing this room with these other awardees. And one, I'm already feeling uncomfortable because of the experiences I had being HIV positive. Like, I was comfortable with myself, but I wasn't comfortable with being around other people because I didn't know if they were comfortable with me. Um, so, you know, I was very hesitant to share why I was getting my award, but everyone was talking about it and everybody wanted to know me. So I kind of just opened it up and told them, and one of the girls refused to write a book. And I'm like, oh, girl, whatever, because I hear that all the time. Like, you used to write a book. Yeah, 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 right. And I'm still like, no, you know, it just so happened she was getting um, her award for a book that she wrote that reflected young women's uh, body image. And she was like, here's my book agent's information. You should just email them and see what happens. So I emailed him right there in front of her. And I would say about two months went by, and I received an email. I completely forgot all about it. And it was a book agent, you know, saying I would like to meet you for lunch and, you know, hear more about you and your story. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. So I went to lunch, and after lunch, she was like, can you give me a book proposal? And I'm like, what is, you know, what really is a book proposal? You know, what is it? And it was like, yeah, it's about 50 pages. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is, this is like, I'm just an activist. Remember, I'm not an author. Like, come on now. Right. Really? 
So I called um, the girl who I was staying in the hospital, well, not the hospital, the bed and breakfast with. And um, I was like, you know, he wants to propose. She was like, I'll help you out. I'll do whatever you want. And, you know, um, the girl's name was, um, well, her name is Courtney, uh, Courtney E. Martin, and that's my co-author with the book. So that's how the book came about. You know, it's, it's, it's really hard because people always ask me, how can I write a book? And then they get mad when I don't have the answers for them. But I didn't want any of this. You see, I'm not someone who takes this or who, or who continues to taste this. Robert, if it stopped today, it would be fine. You know, it would perfectly be fine. I don't know how to, you know, like help that other because it just kind of happened for me. It it really, really, really did. And so, like, that's how I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and chosen to be doing because it's so easy. You know, right. well, as far as that laid out. Now, on the flip side of things, you know, my business life is great, but personal life sucks being in the spotlight. It really yeah. does suck. I don't know why anyone would want to do this, like, seriously. But, I mean, I guess it comes with the territory, but I didn't know. I didn't know it came with it. You know, because one of the hardest things is, like, I met this guy. He was great. He was positive. And he told me, he was like, you know, we can't be in a relationship because you're positive and people know about it. I was like, really? You know, I have this problem with people who are negative, but you're positive and you're telling me you don't want to be Yeah, because I don't even want anyone to get the idea of me. I was like, well, maybe you could just, like, hang around me, get to know me, and realize that, you know, people don't recognize me everywhere I go, and people are like, oh, you're positive. Or, you know, people are just not really, like, I think people give me more credit than I should have. Like, I'm not some superstar. I'm not Beyonce. Like, don't put us in the same category. We're nowhere near each other. You know what I mean? But this guy would not, he didn't even want to be my friend. He was like, no, I can't even be your friend. And I'm like, really? Really? And so, I mean, you know, that, that that's definitely part of it. You know, then, of course, me being positive and out there, it affects other people close to me, whether, you know, that's my niece getting an argument because somebody's talking about her auntie. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's you know, yeah, you're helping people, but trust me, your personal life takes the dash. It really does. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I want to play this uh, short little um TSA that you you made for greater than, and then when we come back, I want to I want you to talk about it and tell us about okay. you know, what it was like making that. So hold on for one second. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good, but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love, and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS, but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. And we're back at Positive Radio. We're speaking with the fabulous Marvin Brown. So tell us about that PSA. Um, where did you get that from? That's all right, girl. Where did you get that from? You like that? It's online. It was like uh, this um, radio spot. I never knew if it had been released to the public or what. <laughs> actually, a friend of mine um, at a conference had a whole CD of them. And it actually included the video. I guess it was some promo thing, and it has yours. And I have um, who is it? Uh, Senior Chaos. Mhm. Yeah, else, so I, I have mean, you two that I play. I play yours all the time, girl. 
all the time. I mean, I wrote that myself. Like when I was when I was younger, I had a dream of being a rapper. <laughs> 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 and, and so and so when they were they were like playing all the other poets and like the the recording artists, and I was like, oh, I can do that. And they was like, let me see it. So, you know, they sent me, like, the instrumentals, and I went into the studio, and I wrote out my little thing I was going to say. And, uh, you know, that's what I came up with. <laughs> I think it's awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I love that I was my biggest hater. <laughs> that's my favorite line. <laughs> You don't know about so see I just need to go out and make a whole song me. Yep, it's coming, it's coming. No. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, so uh, we have people online, so I want to go to some callers. If you want to call and speak to Marvel and you can reach us here at three four seven two one five nine four four two and press the one button so we know you want to come on and you're not just listening. Let's go to area code seven seven three. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, Marlene. This is uh, Eric down in Chicago. Hello, how are you? I'm well, I'm well. So I just want to kind of touch bases on something that you stated uh, earlier. Um, you were talking in ref- you, you'd spoken in reference to uh, something like you didn't think you were at risk, right? And, and not to put words in your mouth, um, I've heard that like many times before. Uh, I didn't think I was at risk. Was it? Would you say that it was because you you thought? It was a gay white man's disease, you know. And you know, I'm I'm just trying to figure out how how could you think that you were not at risk? You were not putting yourself at risk. I was literally ignorant when it came to HIV. I'm a teenager. HIV is the last thing on my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. my I didn't want HIV. I didn't care who it affected. Now I heard it affected gay men, heavy drug users, and prostitutes. Right. I didn't think it could happen to me or anybody I knew, whether they was gay or prostitute or whatever. So it was completely off my radar. I didn't know anybody with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, when I say I wasn't at risk, it means I didn't think it could happen to me. Like, I didn't know anything about it and didn't care anything about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I thank you. I thank you. But I just want to know if there was something you could say to um, a young woman who's actually a, a young woman of color, specifically, uh, who's actually uh, engaging in risky behavior and not aware. What would that be? What, what would those words sound like? I mean, I always tell them the same thing because you know, sex feels great. It really does. However, HIV uh, feels a lot worse. You know, mm-hmm. I need young people to know, or women of color, or whoever you just told me to address, that HIV is a serious issue. It's very, very, very serious. Like the worst thing I thought that could happen for me having unprotected sex was pregnancy. Well, I feel like I got my baby only it's HIV. You know, the only difference is 18 years down the line, it doesn't go off to college. My little sister cannot babysit HIV for me. It's something I have to be responsible for each and every day of my life. And no matter what, I can't go back and change it. You know, we're used to doing things and, you know, you learn it from your mistakes, you contract HIV, you don't get a chance to fix it. So, you know, I always encourage them to be proactive and um, to, to, to really get educated about the fact. Thank you so much for all that you do. Oh, Thanks you're for welcome. Calling Thank in, you. All righty. Bye. All right, let's go to the next caller, area code 843. You're on the air. Hey, Robert. This is Monique. Hi, Marvin. This is Monique Marie. 
Hi. Hi. I'm always calling your show, Robert. <laughs> I just wanted to say hey to Marvelyn. I this is my, you know, I always be trying to speak with her and just tell her how, you know, just empowering she is and just continue to continue just to do what you are doing. Um, you always inspired me from day one, from the first time I even spoken with you a while back, a couple of years ago. So I just wanted to say that, you know, just keep it up, keep it up. Oh. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right. That's all I want to say. Y'all take care. <laughs> that's all right. Bye. Bye. Oh, that's funny. She's great. So tell me about recently, because recently I went to the store and I picked up a bag of Doritos and you were on the back. So explain to me what that was all about because I thought that was really kind of a cool thing to do, that, you know, that you got involved in or you were chosen to be featured on the back of the Doritos. Well, um, an organization by the name of Do Something, which is uh, an organization that really empowers youth and um, youth um, activism in whatever, you know, arena it may be. And I just so happen to be one of the award recipients of that award. And, right. um, you know, one of the rewards was to be on the back of, I think it was on the back of 10 million nacho cheese Dorito bags. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like, he was just, what's the coolest thing? Like, you know, uh, was it the Emmy? Was it the book? I was like, I was on the back of Dorito. Get that Emmy and all this other stuff. I mean, that was the coolest thing for me, you know, because, uh, you know, I think because I really don't, I don't do what I do to be rewarded. You know, right. so the Emmy's fine and the book is fine, but I just thought the Doritos was so cool because I, I love Doritos. In fact, you know, <laughs> I just discovered, I just discovered yesterday that that darn Taco Bell got a Dorito taco, and I've, I've ate eight of them, no, nine of them since yesterday. <laughs> I love those things. I mean, so it was cool for me. It was really, really cool. You know, like oh, you know, because I can identify with Doritos as a child and, like, what I was doing with them and, you know, all this stuff. You know, my basketball coach being mad, like, you're not supposed to be eating that junk food and I'm trying to sneak Doritos. You know, so that was really cool for me. Um, um, so, uh, but that's how they came about the, the, the Do Something Award or whatever. Yeah, I kind of, I hope that it kind of sparked conversation about HIV with, you know, maybe families that were eating Doritos, you know? <laughs> I'm sure it did because it was some people who never heard of me, who the first time they heard of me was on the back of that Dorito bag. And, I mean, it was it was such a small paragraph, but yet people were still impacted by it. I think one of the reasons was it had a pitch on there, which, you know, I have to tell people all the time, man, if, if everyone I knew was positive, they're so beautiful, and, you know, you think, I look good. I've seen some people, i got to be honest, they look better than me. I'm like, they came out. <laughs> I mean, and it's people really seeing all the beautiful people living with the virus and how they're thriving in their life and what they're doing. I mean, it would be equally as impactful. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely know that it was it was, it sparked some conversation. I was very grateful to um, do something for that opportunity because they fought tooth and nail, you know, um, to get that on that Dorito back. Well, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Jeremy, are you there? I think Jeremy seems to be having some issues, I think. Um, so one of the other things that – what you say? No, 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 no. You're fine. Okay, I'm just going to have Jeremy – I'm going to tell you Jeremy call back. Um, 
think there's issues with him. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk about, actually talk about, somebody actually tweeted the question to me because they saw your bio. They asked, what were you on the Steve Wilco show for? <laughs> I, was on the, <laughs> I was on the Steve Wilco show. I've, I've been on there a number of times. One of the times I was on there, I spoke to a 16-year-old girl um, who was engaging in unprotected sex with, um, you know, I think it was about 50 men. She was intentionally trying to become pregnant, um, and she was going to have all the unprotected sex she wanted to have. So I came in there kind of like a drill sergeant, you know, like pointing my finger, like, you know, this is what I go for. Like, you know, kind of letting her know, you know, pregnancy is not the worst thing that can happen. Like, you know, you got to, you know, like slow down and, you know, things like that. But, I mean, both of the times that I was on the show, it was um, – it was kind of like the same setup. Basically, these girls who are, you know, um, kind of putting themselves at risk and kind of heading down a similar path that I was going on. But, you know, and when I say similar path, I just mean sexually active. You know, she right. got me beat a long way. You know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, that's what I did. Uh, I went on there and I, um, you know, kind of... Um, you know, and I, and I and I wouldn't say scared or straight because I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm really just trying to inform them of of, of you know what's going on, and um, you know um, we're very receptive. Well, I thought that was kind of cool because actually now that you say, I remember you going out there. Like I was watching it with Joe, and I was like, "That's marvelous! That's marvelous! Hurry up, record it!" I think I recorded <laughs> it for like a long time and everything, but. I think it's it's cool that you, that you do out-of-box things, you know what I mean, not the typical thing that every activist will do. You do things that, or, you know what I mean, you're chosen to do these things that I think are incredible. Um, talk about the time that you were on the, um, uh, why am I missing the name of it, um, America's Best Dance Crew, because you actually, um, your team, or there was a team that was, I guess, raising money for your organization, and you actually won, I remember, Correct. Um, it was, it was, um, it wasn't, they, they weren't competing. What happened was it was all the winners of America's Best Dance Crew. At the time, it had been five winners. So five young, you know, charities or five young people doing whatever was paired with the winning, with the winning crew. And, um, they did a dance in honor of the work you were doing and, you know, that presented you uh, with a check. Um, so that's what it was. I see. Jeremy, are you back? Yeah. I'm back. Okay. I'm here. We lost him for a minute. No, she was yeah. just explaining that. She was just explaining the time when she was on the dance crew. So, so you ended up winning, you know, a pretty good check. So tell us about Marvelous Connections. What is this that you, this organization that you are now running? Because I don't believe it was okay. up and running at the time, right, when you were on last time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very in the very beginning stages. It's been, it's been there since, like, 2007. Um, but people think it's a dating site. Like, I can't. I, it's Marvelous Connections. I know it sounds that I can't hook you up. <laughs> what I can't do. You know, what, what I would say is it's more like a consulting, you know, um, firm. I just like to say that. It just sounds real good. Basically, what I do is I sit down with numerous media companies and things like that and kind of told my story and 
kind of help them in uh, like fun and innovative ways of putting HIV information and HIV programming into their existing programs. Also, you know, what I do most of the time is traveling around to colleges and universities, and I do an HIV 101 program uh, along with personal testimony, and depending on where I am and how it goes, also HIV testing. Um, so um, the motto is connecting ignorance to HIV education. Uh, mm-hmm. That's basically what my risk connection is. Oh, I think that's great. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. you're good, Jeremy. <laughs> Can you hear me now? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so Margo, you. thank you. Yay. Okay. <laughs> um, so. Tell tell us a little bit about what I mean. What are you? I want to know what's next for Marvelin. What's the next chapter? You know, I'm not a gold type person. I don't know why. I mean, I had a a boss uh, when I was losing diagnosis. She kind of she kind of just stuck something in me to kind of say, just like when, when people have goals, it's like they get to the end of it and then they're like, what's next? But how about if you don't have any goals, you reach for the stars and you achieve stuff you never thought you could achieve? And so that's kind of the person I am. I don't really know what's next. I'm not opposed to anything, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so I really just live every day to the fullest, work the hardest I possibly can, and, you know, see what happens. Um, but, I mean, I've achieved a lot, but one of the things I really hope to achieve one day is motherhood. I really want to be a mother. It's today's Mother Day. It's been one of the hardest days of my life because about a year ago I had a miscarriage, and uh, I've just been struggling with that because I just, uh, it was very hard. You know, right. but that is one thing that I hope um, um, to happen one day is me become a mother and me celebrate my own mother's day. <laughs> I think you'd be a great mom. I think you'd be a great mom. Yeah, I think I would too. I think I, I think I would. Now I don't know. I don't know, don't, but I, I think it, I think I would understand my mother a little bit more if I became one. It would help. <laughs> why, why don't we try this now? I'm going to call you mommy, and you tell me how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> No? No, it, it's okay. not the same effect. It's not. <laughs> or how about mommy, 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 mommy. No, no, so, no, I feel nothing. Mm, <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, um, two other, there's two other things that I wanted to, to mention to you. One, are you going to the International AIDS Conference? Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be there. I've been to the International Health Conference, and I can't wait to USDA in Las Vegas because that is my playground. Uh, well, we're I'm going to try to go at- to the conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my fear. We're, we'll, we'll both be in D.C. Um, for the International Conference, so hopefully we'll be able to at least hug each other. <laughs> oh, no, we have got to meet and have dinner, your treat. Exactly. You hear that, Jeremy? I did, yes. It's your treat. That would be fun. That would be totally fun. And then another thing is is that uh, me and Jeremy are um, involved in a Twitter campaign that we kind of want you to get involved with. Since you are on Twitter, I don't know how often you tweet. Oh, girl, you got to tweet. What you got to do is just use the hashtag HIV whenever you tweet. 
Uh, we're trying to get a tr- to trend during the International AIDS Conference, and it will be the first time ever um, that it will trend on Twitter ever. So we want to try to do that. There's a bunch of us who are trying to do that together. So if you're tweeting during the conference, you can just add the hashtag. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay. yeah, like, so what are you <laughs> You're trying to get HIV to trend? Yeah, we're trying yes. to get it to trend on Twitter. I get it. I get it. But I thought it trends like every World AIDS Day or something. I don't know about that. I don't think it's ever trended even on World AIDS Day. Really? Okay. I mean, I don't know. I'm not on Twitter. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe World AIDS Twitter Day. Twitter is not my thing. Oh, girl, you need to get with it because that's the next thing. <laughs> no, no, it's the no. Next I'm, I'm thinking about Instagramming. I'm thinking about getting an Instagram, but I will not be tweeting because people do not need to know what's going on inside my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could be talking about other people's heads. I will no longer be anyone's hero or anyone's inspiration if I'm on Twitter 21st. They'd be like, this girl is crazy. <laughs> no, I don't want to tweet. I don't want to tweet. I just don't. I don't like it. Instagram is awesome. I, I downloaded it. I just got an iPhone recently, and I just downloaded it, and I'm totally addicted to it. Yeah, I and think I you, Instagram because I like pictures. I'm very conceited. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's why we love each other. <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm sure I won't mind posting pictures of myself. <laughs> oh, Lordy, that's Lordy, funny. Lordy. Well, good. I'm glad that you're going to be at the conference. So, and people can, can purchase your book. Um, by going to uh, marvelinbrown.com, mm-hmm. and all your information is there. Um, do you have any other speaking engagements coming up where people can come out and see you? You said what? Do you have any other speaking engagements coming up? Like, are you at the conference, the International AIDS Conference, are you doing anything there? Oh, I'll be able to tell you about like... that later. I can't really go into detail about it. Oh, really... okay. I didn't know that was well, the Because I'm not wearing my mouth. All right, so but we'll no. see you there. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. <laughs> we will. We will talk about it later. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to actually to, to, to meet you, so that's awesome. Um, I'm just trying to think, is there um, anything specific that you would like to tell somebody who uh, maybe is newly diagnosed? Uh, that's kind of one of the questions that we ask a lot of people. If somebody was newly diagnosed and just walked into, um, you know, I was simply telling that, uh, you know, HIV doesn't define them. You are who you were before, only now you just have HIV. You know, HIV will stop what you let it stop. Um, uh, But you can definitely live a full and enjoyable life with HIV. I mean, I just keep it real simple, Robert. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, I blame TV because it's like, they want, what's the thing called? Soundbites. They want soundbites, 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 soundbites. Yeah. You know, it got to be stored to the point, so that's why I'm no good at this radio thing because I don't really talk that much. <laughs> you don't talk <laughs> really? No. Uh-uh. No, Robert, I don't. Except when I'm getting paid to do it. <laughs> Are, we paying her? Are we paying her for this? <laughs> yeah, we're paying. We're paying her. For, we're paying her in hugs. <laughs> and then she'll have all her sound. She can go and download the interview off of iTunes, you know, later afterwards, and she have all her sound bites. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I'm actually uh, my computer totally just crashed in front of me, so I can't even look at the switchboard. 
Um, oh, I, so I can't tell I'm there. If we have some, I don't know if somebody's on hold. We can There's nobody on. there. There's okay, somebody, somebody listening. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's make sure. So if people want to call in, it's 347-215-9442. We have about five more minutes left with Marvin, so if you want to call in, now would be a good time. Um, call so, so let's talk about some of the other things that you did that were amazing. Like you were on um, America's Next Top Model. You were on Oprah. I mean, which one do you want to talk about next? <laughs> I mean, girl, I mean, you guys. I, I, I don't know. I mean, Tom Otto is really cool because um, I'm friends with you know most of the girls that were um, on that show. Like, it, you know, the segment that was on there really impacted them a lot. I mean, you know, one of them has become an HIV activist herself when she's like doing events that you know. Or, outside of anything that I know about and things like that. And so America's Next Top Model was really cool um, in that aspect. I always like when HIV can be somewhere it's not expected, and um, that's what America's Next Top Model was. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. You know what I just realized sitting here um – as my computer's loading, I'm thinking, you know, how did I meet Marvin? I remember we met on MySpace. Remember when we used to hang on MySpace? My, MySpace is so long ago. <laughs> she doesn't. And, I mean, people, people, let me just say this. Please forgive me. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't, I'm not on Facebook that much. Like, people can imagine how many emails that I do really get. I cannot reply back to everybody, and I can do it in a timely manner. I, because I have my own life. And then I had, you know, like this, like, if you ever emailed me or something, I didn't reply back. I'm sorry. I'm, I try my best. I do try my best. But, man, am I human. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't say that. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not, it's not as difficult as you see I reply back to you. You know, I probably see other people, you know, that I reply back to. I can't. And then it got scary one time because this one girl was like, you know, she emailed me. And I was trying to go back for as I could, and then she started asking personal stuff. And so I thought, you know, that's my book. Like, you should order my book and, you know, just order it. And she was like, you're trying to you're trying to a book and I'm to kill myself. How would you feel if I kill myself? And, I mean, ever since I got that, I kind of. Really try to stay away from all that because people forgot. I'm not no, I'm not a therapist. I don't have a degree in any of that. I don't even have a degree. <laughs> so how right. can I help you? I mean, like I, I, I don't. I can only do so much. You know, I can only do so. See, it's a small part of me, and even in my activism, it's a small part of my life. So, um, right. I, I just, I just, I can't, I can't do it. But I just thought about that when you said we met on my site. Because I'm like, yeah, I replied to you, but I, I can't reply to everybody. No, I, I can totally relate because I'm sure, you know, I, me and Jeremy, I'm sure get a lot of emails from people asking those questions. So I can only imagine that you're inboxed by like 10 times that. You know what I mean? So um, another yeah. uh, thing I wanted to uh, talk to you about um, was, what, what do you think about the, the HIV criminalization that's going on, or how these cases are going on in the U.S.? Um, what, what are your feelings on that? Well, um, Sean Stroop, uh, the founder of POS, I was uh, involved with a little group that he had on. And, and you know, it's, 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 it's very, very hard. I don't really believe in any of it. 
only because I'm HIV positive. I'm out there. I experience the stigma. I experience the discrimination. I get it. I don't like anything being done maliciously. Um, however, I understand some of it, and I feel like it depends on which case you're talking about. You know, I would have more of an opinion for it. Um, but, right. you know, I, I just don't like it. You know, all these murder trials and all this, you know, years and years. I mean, I know I feel it. I don't know if you feel it, but it's like I'm positive. Like, that's the issue here, that they're positive. And, and, mm-hmm. that, and that, and that kind of hurts, you know. No, I totally agree. Jeremy, my computer crashed again, so I need you to check the time and see all that. I'm 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 over there. We've got three minutes and fifty seconds. All right, because I don't know, my computer's <laughs> acting crazy for must be overheating uh, enough. So uh no, that's just a topic that a lot of people, you know, uh, we actually had Sean on and Monique was on and we had Robert on uh last week, uh Sunday talking about HIV criminalization. So I just wanted to kind of touch base and see what you thought about it because it's a conversation that is happening all over the U.S. And like you said, some of these cases are ridiculous, and it is a case-by-case situation. But these laws, I mean, what's next? They're going to put laws against people, you know, for having different sexual orientation. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just crazy for me to, to have laws discriminating against people like ourselves. Yeah, because what happens, you know, is, is that there are those individuals that um, that that keep their – or that actually intentionally try to infect people. I mean, let's let's just put it out there. So um, they're grouping all HIV positive people into the same bucket, you know, and you just can't do that. So yeah. there are bad people out there. Well, it doesn't help that the media demonizes that too. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it seems like we never. We never hear about HIV, the good things that people are doing to help those. What do you mean? Of course we do. We have Marvelyn Brown on this show. She's out there (laughs) doing good all the time. Is she still there? She's gone. I think she hung up. Oh, we may have lost her. Has dropped, yeah. The, The switchboard's been acting kind of funky. Yeah, so um, um, if we don't get Marvel, I just want to remind everybody, you can visit our guest website, purchase her book, The Naked Truth, by going to www.marvelinbrown.com. She's on Facebook. She's on Twitter at Marvelin Brown. Um, Go check her out. She's doing fabulous things. I wanted to thank her for coming on, but my (laughs) computer is a total crap shoot tonight. Wow. Well, maybe it's you giving all of this. Maybe it's, you know, ghosts in the computer. You know, like Jennifer Love Hewitt. And that ghost whisperer, maybe you have a ghost whispering computer. Maybe. So I just want to remind people that if you are um, HIV positive and if you're looking, and if you're looking to find um, support and find some friends who are living with HIV, you want to go to posim.com. You can find all information about the Posim social network or the Posim radio show, and you can also go to positivelyspeaking.com and find more information about the fabulous Jeremy Dunn and Mark Dunn. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to Marvel with you. And Marvel and Brown, you're going to go uh-huh. to Marvel and Brown, <laughs> MarvelandBrown.com um, and find all information about our fabulous guest tonight. Uh, next week, we will be speaking. We will be speaking with the fabulous Mary Bowman. Um, so come, it's going to be a fabulous show. It's my birthday, so it's a good reason to come as well. Um, and Jeremy, I will uh, talk to you next week. Sounds terrific, everybody. And um, we're going to sign out. Have a good week. And Robert, have a happy and wonderful birthday week. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks. Okay. Bye.
Oh, wait a minute. And I also, we have 30 seconds. I want to remind people, if you're on Twitter, you want to follow at the word hashtag HIV. So at the word hashtag HIV. Um, we'll put it in the chat room. Have a great night. Thanks for tuning in. All right, Jeremy, have a good one. All right, you too. What's going on out here? We got.